invite you to open your Bibles tonight to the book of Proverbs chapter 3. We're continuing our study in there on Sunday nights on Proverbs chapter 3. So we've been doing a series on Sunday nights on Proverbs 3, and probably after tonight we will probably just have one, maybe two more messages on this. So uh, we're kind of getting to the close of Proverbs 3. It's been a rich study for me, just kind of focusing, going, slowing down, and just really focusing on these verses. Again, Proverbs is... Uh, I love I love it how it just uh, um, there's always I would say different nuggets and even as we saw earlier in the text uh, that um, it's it's kind of like a gold mine if you will uh, by digging and finding that rich treasure that's within it and so I'm thankful for this book of course every book of the Bible but thankful for God's God's word here that we have uh, let's go ahead and begin reading we'll just read a few verses uh, here starting in verse 21 so we are over halfway through the passage. Uh, let's start in verse 21. The Bible says, My son, let them, my, the admonitions that is, depart, not, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. And, they sh- and then shalt thou walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Okay? So we're going to look at these verses tonight, and the title of this section that we're going to look at is what I like to call the security of God's wisdom. The security of God's wisdom. Again, as we looked at Proverbs chapter 3, again, the idea is as a son is sitting on the lap of his father, even a grandfather, and listening to his advice. And as the father gives his advice, if you follow my instructions, if you follow uh, what I'm trying to teach you, follow my teachings, good will come out of it for you. All right? You will get blessings. And, then, and again, that's just a general principle in life. If you listen to good advice and you follow through on that, generally you're going to have uh, a good things happen. Good results will happen from that. Okay? And unfortunately, I think sometimes when you, and we'll probably focus on that a little bit. Uh, next week, or, ne- or next time I should say, is that when we refuse to uh, listen to the teachings or the instructions of those who are trying to give wisdom to us, uh, it usually ends up uh, being rather painful in our life's experiences. I think probably we've all been there at some point uh, and where we didn't listen to the advice that was given. Uh, nonetheless, this is uh, important as we see this. So I kind of want to break this, uh, this section up here into three areas. Verses 21 and 22, 23 and 24, and then 25, 26. So it kind of works nicely in this segment. And the first area that we want to look at tonight is this, that God's wisdom is to be applied to life. God's wisdom is to be applied to life. Again, verse 21 says, again, this is uh, kind of, you could say, uh, the Father speaking. You could say the Lord, uh, who is uh, also mentioned here, or wisdom itself, saying this. That my son, let them not depart from thine eyes. This them is referring to the admonitions or the teachings that I've been sharing with you. Okay, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion, so they shall be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. So as we look at this, I think the key: how do we apply wisdom to our life? And the key, I think, is simply this: it's surrender. It's surrender. It's basically saying yes, I. I submit, I surrender to this teaching, I will, uh, because what's the opposite? We harden ourselves to it, no, I got it figured out, I can handle this on my own, 
and usually that will mean more difficulty or painful life for us, generally speaking, okay? So wisdom is supposed to be applied to life, and again, the key, I believe, is surrender, okay? So let them not depart from thine eyes is, again, to have a, a, a keen focus on that. And so I think here's a, a good way to say this here. By keeping the Father or, or God's admonition, his teachings before our eyes, keeping his commandments in front of us, okay? This will be preventing us from being wise in our own eyes. You see, there's an interesting contrast going on here. By keeping these teachings before us, constantly having that focus before us, that will pre uh, prevent us from being wise in our own eyes. Look back in verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. Okay, so this is again, uh, start applying these teachings to your life. Okay, this is important as we see this, okay? So I have to kind of ask the question, though, what is the goal in wisdom? What is wisdom's goal or the wisdom's instruction? And I believe it is this, is to develop discernment. The goal of wisdom or wisdom's instruction is to develop discernment, okay? We're going to kind of talk a little bit about what that means here, and that's in, found again in verse uh, 21. Keep sound wisdom and discretion or discernment. It's another way to say that, okay? So it's interesting that the, the Hebrew word here for sound wisdom in verse 21 uh, it also was used in chapter 2, verse 7. Go over there just quickly, uh, just to kind of compare that. Look, uh, look at Proverbs 2, verse 7. It says, He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. So the sound wisdom that we have here, the, the Hebrew idea behind it, it indicates clear thinking in practical matters. It's clear thinking in practical matters. It's actually a different word than chokmah, which is the general word for wisdom. Uh, but this has the idea of sound wisdom, it really what the substance that we live by. This, this is kind of like where the rubber meets the road. I guess that's probably a good way to say it. Where the rubber meets the road. This is kind of, this is how we live. But again, this indicates having clear thinking in practical matters. I, I think it's so hard when our minds get clouded with being wise in our own eyes, so to speak, or listening to bad advice. When we have those competing focuses or, or, or attention grabbers, if you will, it really kind of clouds our thinking and how to discern things. When we have a decision that's important to be made, um, and, and not just so how to do your taxes per se, but really just in life in general, being wise and doing what is right and wrong, okay? So this is important. Another thing as we think about here, the word discretion here or discernment, here, it really denotes the capacity for internal thinking and planning. Discernment is having that ability, like we said, ability or having the capacity for internal thinking and planning. In other words, you're really learning to contemplate how to do and to do it appropriately. I love this quote. It's not mine originally, but talking about what is discernment. Discernment is, is really knowing the difference between what is right and almost right. A lot of times we think of between right and wrong, but discernment is really knowing what the difference is between right and almost right. I think generally, even our children, when we teach them the difference between right and wrong, black and white, we kind of understand that. But the thing is, when it comes down to, well, do we do what's right or almost right, okay? And so this is very key as we understand how to apply wisdom to our lives. In other words, this is discernment or discretion is really planning and acting coming together. In other words, as you look at your situation, for example, 
and what should you do in life. Okay, you have a planning, but then you also act upon it. You, you live it out. You can listen all day to your father's advice, grandfather's. You can even uh, be a, 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 basically a hearer of the word, but it doesn't mean much unless you are a doer of the word. Okay, you have to have you have to have two wheels on the bike, so to speak, to make it run effectively. Okay, and that's kind of what the focus is on here. So I think here, and I like to say this: the goal is really for the training wheels to come off. All right, now that you've been learning under your father, okay. See, so, you know, when you go to school, you remember those good old days, right? You know, you can learn everything there is to know in school, but unless you know how to apply those things in daily life. Okay, you know, what good is it really? Okay, um, I like to, some, I talked to one person, this has been a while back now, they, they graduated at the top of their class, 4.0, and they were valedictorian, I mean, they, they, they knew everything, they were smart and everything like that, but when it came time down to practical living, they made umpteen mistakes, and basically they were a 4.0 idiot, that's what it amounts to, again, <laughs> That's, that's the bottom line. Maybe you know people like that, okay? Smart, and they can do everything, but when it came, came time to actually living out what they've been taught, it was, it was like they were in two different worlds. So the idea, kind of what we have here, is we've been building this foundation in Proverbs 3, and now in this section, now it's kind of like it's time to take the training wheels off. Start applying what you've been learning and what you've been hearing about, Okay? And this is very foundational. In fact, remember we talked last time about wisdom as far as being that agent in creation that existed even before creation. It has a fundamental aspect to that, okay? And now, here we are, the idea is to really effectively live by using wisdom's teachings. You know, interestingly, this is the overall theme of the book of Proverbs. When you look at Proverbs as a whole, this is really the overall theme, is that the training wheels come off to effectively live by using wisdom's teaching. Okay, so this is important as we see here. Be, again, being a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. So what is the result of that? The result is this in verse 22. So shall they, the admonitions of the wisdom's teachings, be life to thy soul and grace to thy neck. Okay, it's almost like an, an ornament of grace. Okay, and so as we see this, it's a beautiful description that we have here. And so this is the thing. They will be life to your soul. The idea is this, that God's wisdom here should be a constant focus. It's a constant focus for us to focus on God's wisdom and discretion that brings real benefits to life. In other words, you know, sometimes people get the idea, you go to church to read the Bible, but, you know, it's not good for daily life. Um, I actually met someone, this is numbers of years ago now, Actually, I think it's when we were living in Israel, and they, they said something that they had a, a friendship, and he says, well, I'm, I'm the person who, uh, you, you be the person who studies the Bible, and I'll be the person who does things out in the real world. And I say, you know what, You're, that friendship ain't going to last very long. It, they go hand in hand, is the idea. By applying God's wisdom to daily life, it's, it basically, it brings real benefits to life. And this is supposed to be, again, life to thy soul, okay? Very important as we see this. So we see again, first of all, God's wisdom is to be applied to daily life. Again, the key is surrender. The next section we see here, verses 23 and 24, we see here that God's wisdom provides security. God's wisdom provides security, or another way you can say it, safety. What do we mean by that? Look at with me, verses 23 and 24. Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely, and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. I really like that last verse, right? The end of it. 
you love to have sweet sleep. Say that five times fast. All right. <laughs> but anyways, what are we talking about here? By walking in the way safely. That's verse 23. Walking in, safely in your way. Uh, I like what Warren Worsby said about this, that when God directs your path, remember back in verses uh, uh, 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, at the very end, and he shall direct thy paths, okay? When God directs our path, he will protect our path. I like that. When God directs your path, he will protect your path. This is beautiful when you think about that. So let's kind of unfold this just a little bit more. So in principle, God guides those who honor his wisdom into paths of safety. God guides those who honor his wisdom into paths of safety. In other words, if you follow God's word, you listen to that, you honor his word, you honor his wisdom, his teachings, the instructions, guess what? You will walk generally, in principle, in paths of safety. This is beautiful when you think about that. As one commentator says this, there is nothing safer than living in the wisdom and will of God. There is nothing safer than living in the wisdom and will of God. Now, we, when we think of this, that means we're free from all harm, right? We, you know, there's nothing bad will happen. It's not saying that, but you will know how to adjust, and that's where wisdom and discernment comes in, to how to handle life, even tough situations. You will know how to handle those things in safety under the will in, in, of God. Where God, when God directs our path, he will protect our path. We see also here in verse 24, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. And so as we think here, a safe path, as we see here in verse 23, is to be compared with safe rest and sleep. So in other words, this is the important thing we see here, that God's protection his care for those who follow wisdom's teachings is this. God's constant, or God's protection is constant. He has no time limit. God doesn't uh, basically clock out, say, I'm done with my shift. You're on your own for the night. You can trust in the Lord that you can have peace and safety. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Knowing that God is there and that he's protected and that his wisdom is there to help us in life, we can go to bed at night and understand that. It's beautiful when you think of that. That really reminds me of Psalm 121, verse 4. This is actually probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible. He that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The keeper or the guardian of Israel is my guardian. The keeper of Israel is my keeper. He will watch. God does not fall asleep on the job. He gives us that constant protection. So that's beautiful. When God directs our path, he will protect our path. So God's wisdom is to be applied to life. The key is surrender. God's wisdom supplies security. He will protect our path. And now we see the third element of, of God's wisdom here, that it builds confidence. God's wisdom builds confidence. I love this where it's going. If you can trust in the safety of the Lord, you have great confidence to, to walk in life and make wise decisions. This is found in verses 25 and 26. It says here, Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Oh, this is such a rich couple verses that is right here. Okay? I, I like, if you kind of want to look at a literal translation of the Hebrew here in verse uh, 20, actually, let me back up here. Yeah, let me start here. Verse 26. The Lord shall be thy confidence. The, the Kind of the idea here, it's an interesting, the word confidence is an interesting Hebrew word. 
It's actually more commonly it's uh, used for a like a flank, uh, a side of beef, if you will, uh, is the idea. But that is kind of the idea. So kind of a literal idea, thinking of this, that Jehovah is at your side. So think of it that way. And then also in looking at the end of that, he shall keep thy foot from being taken or from being captured is the idea. He'll keep, keep thy foot from being captured. In other words, here's the point. The confidence, having confidence in God that comes by wisdom is that God is our side. He is there beside us. As a, and think of it like as a support is the idea. And this, of course, is connected to hope. See, confidence is really to place your trust that God is with you, he is at your side, he is there to support you, and that is connected to hope, okay? Very important. And as we think about this, what is the opposite of confidence? The opposite of confidence would be basically, uh, according to this idea, is folly. To not have confidence and rely on the support of the Lord, to neglect that is really to, to have folly in your life. You're, you're going in the wrong way. Could you, could you imagine that, not have, receiving the help you need when it's abundantly clear? That is folly, if you knew the riches that were there to be offered to you. So in looking at this, as we think about confidence, and this ties in with verse 25, we're not going to skip over it, but confidence comes, really, how do we have confidence in the Lord? Confidence, uh, again, by understanding that God is there on our side, at our side, our support, that is connected to hope. Confidence comes by having an innocent mind. Confidence comes by having an innocent or a clear mind. I like what uh, Paul said in giving us testimony in Acts 24, that he said he was having a conscious void of offense before God and man. In other words, he could go to bed at night knowing that he was doing what the Lord wanted him to do. He was following as best as he could the teachings of the Lord. And whatever faults he made, he tried to make amends for that. He could go to bed at night and be at perfect peace about that. And that's the idea. So Paul was confident in that. And I think so many times, even as Christians, we struggle with that because we are really not having, um, I, I would say, an innocent conscience, if you will. And so this is important to, to live by wisdom as one who is right before God and man, to do what you, you can to do what is right. Okay. So by finding security in God's wisdom... We will not experience, look at in verse 25, sudden fear that the wicked will experience. Again, let's look at that. Be not afraid of sudden fear. He's talking to the son. He's talking to the one who's learning about wisdom here, okay? Wisdom's teachings. He says, be not afraid. Don't be afraid of sudden fear. This is talking about sudden fear or something that happens all of a sudden on you. So think of this, and he's comparing that with the wicked. The des- or Neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. A wicked person, basically, they have impending judgment upon them. One day they will get caught. I think a great illustration, I was kind of thinking through that, and I was thinking, well, maybe think of you know, some big mafia guy who is just always watching behind his back because one day he's going to get caught. Kind of have that, that thing, that criminal in your mind. But I think in the Bible, I was thinking, well, you know, it's interesting. Just the other, other day, the Jewish people celebrated Purim, which is the Feast of Esther. Who is the bad guy in the story of Esther? His name is Haman, okay? Do you remember when his plot to kill Mordecai and literally all the Jewish people on top of that, when his plot was figured out and Esther goes, it's that guy right there. He, remember, all of a sudden, what was his response? He clung and he basically jumped on Esther. You know, he was, that was sudden fear. 
because all of a sudden he was surprised. He was found out. He was caught in his own trap. That's the idea that we have here, okay? And so in, in looking at this, uh, by, when we find security in the wisdom of God, such as Mordecai and Esther, we will not experience that sudden fear and what the wicked will experience. There's many Hamans in the world. And guess what? One day their plot is going to be found out. And that trap that they laid for someone else, it will fall back on them. Okay? So how important it is for us, the child of God, to pay careful attention to wisdom's teachings. And the result of that, folks, is that we will not be afraid. We won't have to have fear of the fate that will fall the wicked. I think that's just a tremendous blessing. When we think about it, a, a, a guilty con- the opposite of an innocent, uh, uh, innocent conscience is a guilty conscience as well. Uh, the stories could probably be told, and maybe yourself think of a, a guilty conscience, knowing you've, something was amiss, something you didn't correct, and that is always weighing on you to the point where it even affects your sleep, is the idea. I think it's interesting in Proverbs 28, it says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So again, as a child of God who is listening to the teachings of wisdom, we will not fear. We have a clean conscience, not a guilty conscience, that even affects us during our sleep. And what's the byproduct of that? One, a, a theme that we see here in Proverbs chapter 3 is God's shalom. God's peace that he gives, or really in this context, uh, prosperity that he gives, abundant blessings. Going back to verse uh, 22, it says here that they, the teachings here, will be life to thy soul and grace to thy neck. The word grace is the Hebrew word chen, which means charm. Uh, and so you think of it almost as an ornament that is worn. Not boldly and brashly, not gaudy, that's not the idea, but it's worn there as a beautiful ornament as well. And so that's exactly what shalom is. We experience shalom, and it comes by trusting in the Lord with all our heart and not leaning to our own understanding. As we, in all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. Isn't that amazing? So as we look here at this passage and we see the beauty that is, is here, that we will not fall in that trap. It says in verse 26 again, that the Lord shall be thy confidence, he'll be our trust and our support, our hope, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. In other words, we, the idea here, thy foot from being taken, is being snared or in a trap. Think of almost like uh, trapping a bird or beavers, you know, th- think of it like that, trapping is the idea. We will not f- fall under that snare even as the wicked do. So, kind of as book ends to this passage, I love how this section is laid out here, is this. Look with me again back in verse 21. My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So the word keep here. Verse 26. The Lord shall be the confidence and he shall keep thy foot from being taken. The word keep there serves as bookends of these verses. Okay? And so this is the idea. If the son or if the believer will guard or keep, the, the word here is shomer, which means to guard, like a security guard. If you will guard God's wisdom, verse 21, God will guard you. That's the point of this passage. If you guard or keep wisdom, wisdom's teachings, God will guard you. Isn't that beautiful? That is exactly the point that is made. So, Kind of in doing this, uh, I was um, thinking, well, what's a good illustration to see how it means to live in this type of wisdom and not experience sudden fear and not experience that calamity when, even though it looks grim around us, when you're needing to make wise decisions. 
uh, it was actually Jerry Bridges, he kind of commented on this section here. And uh, Jerry Bridges mentions this. He goes to Acts 12 when Peter was in prison, okay? When Peter was in prison, remember this? He was about to be executed by Herod. Remember that story? But in cha- he was there in chains between two soldiers. And on the eve of his expected execution, when there seemed to be but a step between him and death, he was able to lie down and be afraid. Remember, he fell asleep. You remember that? He actually fell asleep. And why? Because he could, maybe he was really tired. I don't know. But I think more importantly, he could rest in what God, who he was in God. He was confident in Christ. And because of that, he wasn't snared. He wasn't afraid of sudden fear. It's interesting, how did the tables turn? Later on, Herod fell in his own trap. Later, Herod died. It's amazing to see, again, that contrast, that parallel that's going here. So I want to give a closing thought here. By keeping wisdom, we find security as we apply the Father or God's teachings of wisdom to our lives. God watches over his own and he gives us peace in that. As we mentioned, when God directs our paths, he will protect our path. Okay? Uh, the person who follows God's instructions will not experience the ruin of the wicked, but rather the secure hand of God. That's amazing. We will not be ensnared either in sins or in mischief. That was John Wesley's thoughts on this passage as well. We will not be ensnared either in our sins or in our mischief if we simply adhere, adhere to the teachings of wisdom. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. In this, God is our confidence. He's our support. He's at our side. He's our hope. He's our trust. And because of that, by applying that to our lives and taking off the training wheels, guess what? We can rest in the security of living in wisdom with God. Isn't that amazing? Beautiful passage that we see here. So, a lot can be taken. I hope that we can apply these truths to our life as well. In other words, pay attention to what God says in his word. Pay attention to wise advice and wise counsel from, uh, from those who God even puts in your place, okay? And what you'll find out is this. The more in tune you are with God, is you'll find out the difference in discernment, knowing what is right and almost right. You will know bad advice when you hear it, right? You will also know which way to follow. And guess what? You take off the training wheels, and hopefully you'll have a smoother ride down the road.